can you can be seated if you like. Um, I think I covered everything I wanted to cover. Um, so a little introduction. We're going to continue on our um, lessons in from the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, our theme this year is following following Jesus. So that's what we're kind of focusing on, and it seems a it wasn't intentional at first, but it just seemed to keep popping up, and I think that's what God's trying to tell us. Um, but if we're really going to follow after Jesus, um, we need to obey and follow his teaching, because you know, the word says that he was a teacher, and uh, if you're not following the teaching of a teacher, then you're not really following the teacher. Um, so we're focusing this, this month on some of his teachings, and one of his most famous teachings uh, is found in the book of Matthew, chapters 5 to 7, and we've nicknamed it the Sermon on the Mount. And if there had to be a key verse from this whole um, passage of Scripture, it was probably uh, Matthew 5 and 20. And it says, For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no wise enter into the kingdom of heaven, and Jesus is is teaching his disciples uh, how to live in this kingdom. And the Pharisees at this time they had this sort of fake righteousness. They're all about appearances, and and we'll get into that more later. But as far as everyone knew at this time, these were the ones that were doing it right, and these were the ones that you had to look up to, and they were the ones that would tell you that they were doing it right. And they were the faithful ones as far as everyone was concerned. They were the, the ones that were saved or the righteous ones. But Jesus says to his disciples, he says, look, you know, unless you guys are more righteous than these, uh, you're not going to make it. You're not going to be saved. And, and then he tells them the rest of it, how to be more righteous, how to live, how to do it. And we know that following Jesus is a, a daily thing. It's not something we just do once a week and uh, it's something that needs to happen daily or we're never going to get it. Um, and Jesus was saying, don't look at these guys, these Pharisees, these um, religious leaders. I want you to look to me. And we, we need to do the same thing. We need to look to him. We're not called to follow you know, the professional religious people. Uh, you know, you look on TV, you see these people that pretend they have it all together. And then stuff comes out later and there's all kinds of scandals and all this nonsense. And that's why we're not supposed to follow. We're supposed to follow Jesus. So that's what we're trying to do. And the Sermon on the Mount was directed at Jesus' disciples. It says in Matthew 5 and 1, And seeing the multitudes, he went up to a mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And that's where it starts. He's teaching his disciples. So he withdraws from the crowd and starts working on his disciples. And being a follower of Jesus sometimes includes getting away from people, and that's what everyone's doing right now anyway, avoiding crowds. But they get closer to him um, and learn from him personally. And there's a lot of information uh, in the, these ch three chapters of the Bible, but Jesus is trying to establish some things right from the beginning, trying to get his disciples to relearn some things. We've talked about some of them. Of the last few weeks, we talked about loving our enemies and how at the time they were taught that you know, just love your neighbors, love your fellow Jews, your family, and hate everyone else. And Jesus is trying to teach them otherwise. This is not what you're supposed to be doing. And about putting the kingdom first and, and trusting him. And a lot of hard things um, that he's trying to teach his disciples. And um, today is not going to be any easier. 
just so you know. This is a hard lesson also. Um, we're going to talk about everyone's favorite commandment. I want you to know I do not have anyone in mind, so if this offends you, I apologize. But this is what she says. So Matthew 7, 1 to 5. Here we go. Are you ready? <laughs> judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote of thine eye, and behold, the beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. It's beautiful, right? Good stuff. If, ever, if you had to ask anyone what their favorite passage of Scripture, I guarantee everyone would say this. Paul kind of says this in Romans 2 and 1. I'll read it in the modern English. It says, Therefore you are without excuse, O man, whoever you are who judges. For when you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge do the same things. Good stuffs. Wonderful. A few years ago, if you would have asked people uh, just on the street, general people that maybe don't go to church regularly, what their uh, what Bible verse they knew, uh, the most popular verse a while ago was probably John three sixteen, right? You know, God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. You know, that's the verse that everyone kind of knows. You know, God loves everyone. But times have have changed, and I'd go so far as to say the most popular verse in the Bible now probably be Matthew seven and one. Uh, even if people don't know where it's found, they sure know what it says or think they know, um, even if it's out of context. Um, if you mildly disagree with someone, they'll say, oh, don't judge. Don't judge. Who are you? Don't judge. Whatever. Even if you just, it's whatever. We'll get into this. But and God help us all if you don't completely agree. If, this is the verse. People that don't know anything about the Bible, they know this. Don't judge. Don't throw it. Oh, don't judge. Anyway, so tolerance now is the name of the game, and it's in our culture and society. It's an important thing that we all um, hold dear. But tolerance and agreeing aren't the same thing. We can live peaceably among men. Romans twelve and eighteen says, "If it be possible, as much lie then you live peaceably with all men." So this is something we're supposed to do, right? Um, you don't need to be out picketing and protesting marriages you don't agree with or people you don't agree with or raging and screaming at people and fighting with people online and telling them whatever. You don't need to be doing all that. You need to live peaceably. Christianity at its heart is a religion of love. For God so loved the world and he wants to reach the world. He wants to use us to reach the world. And, um, being an obnoxious judge doesn't really help that. Tolerance is a good thing. Sometimes, though, it, it can get messy because our society's version of that now is um, everyone's okay, everyone's fine, you can't say anything about me and how I live, and that's where it gets messy, because the Bible tells us that not everyone is okay, not everyone is fine, not everyone is saved. The Bible still says, Romans 3 and 23, for all have sinned and have come short of the glory of God, and Jesus said in John 14 and 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man come to the Father but by me. Jesus is the way. So not every other way is the right way. 
Right? Okay. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. So not everyone is fine. Not everyone's okay. Not every way that everyone's living is the right way. <sighs> we all okay? We're still here. So what does this mean? I know you're not supposed to touch your face, but I keep doing it. Forgive me. This, this judging thing, what does it mean? Is it telling someone they're wrong? Is that judging? Is disagreeing with someone's decisions? Is that judging? Um, so let's go through this. We'll try to, hopefully by the end, we'll understand a little better. Um, anyway, so Matthew 7 and 1. Judge not that ye be not judged. The first principle of judging is it begins with me. If, uh, if you're going to judge anyone, we need to judge ourselves first. There will come a time, the Bible says, where we all stand before God and we all will be judged. The way this is worded, it's in a, the tense it's written in implies that this is a once and for all judgment. Judge not that you be judged. There's going to be a judgment that comes and if we constantly look inward and we judge ourselves instead of looking outward and, and judging others around us, we'll be much better prepared for that final judgment. The Pharisees at this time, they constantly judged everyone, but they never looked inside themselves. They never really thought that God was going to judge them too. Jesus came and he kind of flipped that upside down. He said, you guys are like whitewashed sepulchers. You look nice on the outside, but you're dead on the inside. You need to fix that. And Jesus, remember, he's teaching his disciples. He's trying to help them relearn some things that they've been taught all their lives from these Pharisees and, and the priests and stuff. And they've been taught by these guys, you know, how they lived their lives, that this was how things were to be done. These were the, the ones that everyone looked up to. And they were constantly judging everyone and condemning everyone. They even tried to, you know, they did it with Jesus. Well, obviously, there was nothing wrong with it. So they've been taught by these guys and how they live that, that the scriptures were a weapon to hold other people down and, and control them and condemn them and, and build themselves up. And they would use it to judge um, others and hide their own, their own sins. This is how they lived. And Jesus is telling his disciples, you need to stop doing this. You're all going to be judged one day. So stop worrying about everyone else's sins and shortcomings. They are accountable to God. You need to look at yourself. We need to, to love and help and correct each other. But we also need to work out our own salvation, according to Philippians. We need to, sorry, we will get more into that, but people, they try to use this verse and say that there, there's no right or wrong. I can do what I want. Uh, you can't judge me. You can't disagree with me. You can't disapprove of me because you know, you're not supposed to do that. And I can do whatever I want. It gets thrown in your face. You know, some people may be more than others, but it's probably been said to everyone here at least one point. One point. Um, but we know that the Bible says that that's not the case. Now, this isn't a free pass to do whatever you want. Nobody else can say anything about it. If there's 31,000 other verses in the Bible and they all disagree with this, you know, there is a... You can't take seven words out of the whole Bible and ignore the rest. Everything else, it goes together in harmony and all through the word of God, God clearly defines a line between what right and wrong all throughout the, the scripture. So he expects us to live on the, 
the right side of that line. And we know we know God sees every action, hears every word, and knows every thought. And we, we know that God will judge every sinful action, word, and thought. So this verse isn't, isn't a free pass to let people do whatever they want. It means that we aren't to have a critical or judgmental spirit. All throughout the Gospels, Jesus had a harder time getting through to or reaching the self-righteous Pharisees than the sinners. He had a harder time getting through the people that thought they had it all together than he did the people that knew their lives were a mess. And the more self-righteous we are, the harder it is for Jesus to get through to us. So that's what he's saying here in these five verses. He's saying, guys, disciples, followers, stop. Don't get so high and mighty here. Don't be thinking that you're better than everyone else. Don't be thinking you're so righteous because there's coming a day when you're going to be judged too. And if we live our lives with that in mind, with that realization, we will be a lot less quick to pass out in judgment on everyone around us. Verse 2 says, For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged, and with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. He takes it a little bit further. He says, The way that you judge people, that is the way that you will be judged. If you want to be super critical of every little decision that someone else makes, go ahead, but that's coming back Amen. to you. And I've known people my many years of life, I know you have too, you will have been super harsh and angry and judgmental to everyone around them. And they thought they were the only ones that were saved and everyone else was a mess and everyone else was lost and going to hell and they got this thing wrong with them and that thing wrong with them and blah, 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 and listed out. I have people I used to be friends with that kept lists of things and proof of people that did things wrong, and like, that's just... And then one day, it all kind of turned around on them, and all of a sudden, their decisions, and their choices, and their things they were doing were being scrutinized and judged, and they couldn't deal with it. you got to be careful what we're doing, because it, it'll come back. Amen. Luke says it like this, he says, Judge not, sorry, Luke 6 and 37 38, says, Judge not, and ye shall be not judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Given, it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together, running over. Shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. So not only is God going to judge us in the end, but people around are watching and judging too. Whether we like it or not. How we treat others will affect how we are treated. No, this is good stuff, and everyone super comfortable right now. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but if there's someone that's overly critical of people, it seems like whenever they mess up or they make a mistake, they're not just talking about church people and sin and stuff. Just even in the workplace, someone that's you know, I know how to do everything right. Right? Yeah. Right? You know, we've all been all those people. Whenever they make a mistake, whenever they mess up, everyone's like, yeah. No, you don't. Right? That's how it works. Because how we treat people, that's how it's going to come back. And the same goes with sin and stuff, too. You know, people are, oh, I'm so good, and you guys are all a mess. 
once they fall or they mess up, people seem to pile on, which we shouldn't do either. Um, but how we treat others is how we will be treated. If you want to judge and be critical of everyone, that's your prerogative. Go ahead. Well, Jesus said it's coming back to you. Galatians 6 and 7 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever man soweth, but also shall he reap. Sowing and reaping, the principle applies to this, too, applies just about everywhere, to be honest. Um, but if I could be a little real for a second, uh, if you want to sow bitterness and criticism and judgment, go ahead, but that's what you will reap. If you want to sow love and peace, correction and love, go ahead. That's a little better, you will reap that. If you want to judge and criticize every new saint, our child is still learning with harshness and unattainable goals, things that took us 30 years to get straight and go ahead. If you want, we will drive people away. You will reap a church that never grows. If we want to create an environment where people can grow and make mistakes and find grace and mercy, where people can learn and be forgiven, please do. Go ahead. And we will reap a church that grows. What you sow, you reap. You can't be all critical of everyone and then wonder why no one wants to stick around. <sighs> Wonderful. Matthew 7, 3 to 5. This is good, comfortable. I love it. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote of thine own eye, and behold, the beam that is in thine own eye? Behold, the beam is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam of thine own eye, that then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote of thy brother's eye. So this is where Jesus gets to the whole purpose of this thing. The reason why we shouldn't be doing this. Why we shouldn't be judging and acting like this. We need to see clearly so that we can help others. That's why we need to judge ourselves First, that's what we need to look inside ourselves first. I can't be trying to help you deal or help you work through your issue if I have this massive thing that I need to deal with. Amen. If I got all this baggage that I've got, I'm not going to be able to help you effectively. So I need to look at myself and I need to get rid of stuff in myself so that I can help. You, and vice versa. If I've got this big old beam sticking out of my head, that would look hilarious. <laughs> Just a big old two by four sticking out of my eye. <laughs> this is gonna blow your mind though, but I'm not gonna be able to see very good. <laughs> right, there's your revelation for today. If you stick, <laughs> A beam through your head. You're not going to be able to see good. <laughs> or feel good. And if I can't see very good, how on earth am I going to help you get rid of that little speck or the little eyelash that's in your eye? How am I going to help you work through your pain and your shortcomings and your struggles when I have bigger issues in my own heart? If I'm struggling with being judgmental and critical, how on earth am I going to help you through your stuff? I'm not. I'm going to pour all that out on you, and I'm going to make a mess. And it's not going to... We're not going to get anywhere. We're going to get worse. It's going to get in the way. 
smack, smack, trying to help you. It's going to hurt you. It's going to hurt me. It's going to be a mess. And one of the main purposes of the church and us being together and fellowship together is for us to help each other, to bear burdens, to help instruct each other, to correct each other in love, to help each other grow in grace. That's what we're supposed to do. I'm not saying we're not. I'm just, we're in the Sermon on the Mount here and this is in there. The purpose of self-judgment, looking at ourselves first, is so that I can help someone else. So I can serve better, so I can minister better, so I can help someone else. Because this, this is about us. Together, helping each other. I can't help you if I'm not honest with myself. And you can't help me if you're not honest with yourself. If I got a big old plank in my eye, and I try to help you get that speck or eyelash out of yours, I'm going to do more harm than good to both of us. If we don't judge ourselves first, if we don't look inside first, when we try to correct or help or assist someone else, a brother or a sister, we're going to end up doing more damage than good. My issues are going to affect how I try to minister to you. I'm keeping it personal so no one feels attacked. <laughs> but my issues are going, to help, are going to affect how I try to minister to you. If we have all this baggage and criticisms and chips on our shoulders and bitterness and sin and judgmental attitudes, and when we try to help someone else, more often than not, it's not going to work. It's going to, yeah. So in order for us to effectively minister to each other and help each other to grow, we need to look in the mirror first. The Pharisees, they saw everyone else's sins and not their own. And in return, they created this huge divide between them and the people of God. They created this huge divide and they created this burden on the people. When all we do is look outside and judge and compare and criticize, we create unnecessary burdens and divisions. James tells us to look in the mirror. I'm going to read James 1, 22 to 25 in the modern English, a little different. It says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if any man is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man viewing his natural face in the mirror. He views himself and goes his way and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But whoever looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, it is and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this man will be blessed in his deeds. James tells us we need to look at ourselves in the mirror. We need to look in the word and see if we measure up. And uh, you know, if we don't, we're like someone that looks in the mirror and is like, oh, my face is dirty. See you later. Annabelle, yesterday, my word, that child. <laughs> she cannot eat without getting it all over her face. She had some waffles, mm -hmm. some berry sauce, smeared up, she looked like the Joker. <laughs> and I'm like, go wash your face. She goes, comes back. And there was still a little lot there. <laughs> go look in the mirror and wash your face. The Bible says if we, if we look at it, we're like, ah, mine. that's what we're doing, the same thing. We, gotta, we look at it and we see that there's something where we don't line up. We need to adjust. We need to fix that. Great. Amen. 
so that we can better help. We're <laughs> like that child with the blueberry sauce on her face if we don't deal with it. Wonderful. <laughs> so, judge not that ye be not judged. In the context of the rest of this passage, doesn't mean that you can't disagree or disapprove of someone's decisions. But before you do that, you need to look in the mirror and have yourself straightened up first. We need to remove our own beams from our own eyes, wash our face, fix your hair if you got it, before you go trying to fix someone else's. Before I come and try to tell you how to live, I need to make sure that I'm lining up with the word first. Before we try to straighten out someone else, we need to make sure our attitudes and our hearts and our intentions, our desires and our spirit are right with God and his word. Because if we don't, that's where the problems come. Right? I come with all this stuff. And I'm mad because somebody said something to me and I don't deal with it. I'm going to come down harder than I should. Right? Because if we don't, when we try to help, we're going to make it worse. There's a way to tell someone that they're incorrect. With love. There's a way to do it with the wrong heart and the wrong attitude. We've probably had both happen to us at one point. How we do it affects what happens. If we're doing it wrong, the wrong result's going to happen. But if we do it the way Jesus is telling us to, look at ourselves, deal with ourselves, it's going to make us stronger. It's going to make us more together. It's going to help us grow. But if we're just walking around with two by fours sticking our heads, smacking each other in the head, trying to deal with things, it's going to be a lot of pain. A lot of hurt. I know it's funny the picture, but that's that's how it's gonna be. And I don't know, Trisha. Good luck. <laughs> Play something, please. <clears throat> These are the hardest ones. Jesus uses the eye as an illustration here, and um, another revelation for you today. An eye is a very sensitive part of your body. Right? right? It's a very important part, but it's very sensitive. You need to be tender. You need to be careful when you're dealing with an eye. One wrong move and it can be permanently damaged. One wrong move and the vision, how someone else sees the world, can be seriously affected. If you have something in your eye, this may gross some people out. Forgive me. Some people have problems. If you have something in your eye and you go to the doctor after you waited seven hours or whatever and you finally get in to see them, they're not going to come to you with a chainsaw, try to fix it. Big old forceps or whatever. They're not going to come to you with any of this stuff. They're not going to do it blindfolded. They're going to be careful. When we try to help someone else, we need to be gentle. Not judgmental, not harsh. We do it with love. We need to do it carefully. But we can't do that properly until we examine ourselves and make sure that our vision is correct. 
We need to make sure that we line up with his word. So we need to look at ourselves first. And I would like if we could pray that way this morning. God, help me examine my heart for real though. Not like sometimes we do. I'm just, yeah, oh, it's good. You know, you take a peek in. Oh, that's fine. Everything's good. Right? Jesus said, first cast the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast the mote out of the brother's eye. And I want us as a church to be able to grow, to be able to help each other. But we need to look at ourselves and deal with things. And there's two extremes when we examine ourselves. We got the, the shallow examination. You know, you take a quick, a quick, a quick peek. That's a new word. And you're like, yeah, it's fine. And you never go deeper. You never look for real. Never really be honest with him. Um, when I worked at McDonald's, we would have an inspection from headquarters once a year. And if you worked in any kind of industry, you probably had this sort of thing happen. Uh, there would be a big one, and then there would be another one during the year at random times. But that was always when the store was the cleanest it had ever been. I'm not saying it was normally dirty or anything, but it was like spotless. Every piece of equipment pulled out, everything swept and mopped underneath. The back rooms were immaculate. Vats and the grills gleaming. Everything was just shining, beautiful. No dust or, I don't know, people were chiseling out corners, making sure everything's just perfect. Right? The store looked brand new. But then the other day, maybe you'd drop a nugget on the floor, kick it on the table, pretend it never happened. Right? hide things until the guy at night pulls it out and cleans it or whatever and you just kind of you know pretend you know nothing's there and we can do the same thing with our hearts sometimes and just ah oh, it's fine just hide things underneath the back rooms whatever you know what I'm saying we can just hide things and pretend that they, they're not there and we never we never deal with them we don't realize that as we're trying to help others this stuff's there and it's affecting we need Jesus to be able to move through us freely to help. We can hide things, we can bury them and pretend they're not there, but we need to get ready for the big inspection. Because one day, we're going to be judged. So we need to do it now and make sure that we got it all straightened out and cleaned out. And then there's the, the over-examination. Sometimes we over-examine and beat ourselves up. But if we've given it, to Jesus. Once you deal with this stuff and you give it to Jesus, He's forgiven us. First John 1 and 9. For if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you've given it to Him, it's okay. If it's been clean, you don't gotta keep thinking in your head that, oh, it's still there. If, it's, if you cleaned it up and given it to God, it's, it's good. It's okay. Revelation 12 and 10 says that Satan is the accuser, but sometimes. We make it easy for him and do his job for him and accuse ourselves. And that, that's not right either. So if we could stand, I know this is a good, yep, good stuff. That's what you all came for tonight, this morning, whatever time of day it is. I wonder if, as my wife plays and sings, if we could just find some somewhere and pray and let's just examine our hearts.
But be honest about it. Don't just gloss over things. Don't hold on to things. There's stuff. I know we're not going to deal with everything all at once. It takes a while sometimes to get all this stuff. But if we will let go of some things, get some beams out of our eyes, get some stuff dealt with, if we do it right, we'll be in a better position to help others. It will only make us stronger. Jesus tried to get his disciples to get this all straightened out before he used them in ministry, before he sent them out to the villages. We need to deal with this stuff and we're going to help others. We need to deal with ourselves. So let's this morning find a place and pray. Let God work. Let him show us things maybe that we need to deal with and give it to him. Let him forgive us and trust him. In Jesus' name.